Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hola mi gente, welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well today on this wonderful and motivating week. I'm actually recording this episode on a Monday. Now, before we go into any more further detail, juicy topics, and some chisme based on this episode, I did want to share, as you know, the fact of the day. So, Latinos, 32%, made up the largest portion of California community college transfers this year. According to the data, Latino students transferring from a community college increased by 1% compared to last year, the Sacramento Bee 2020. Mi gente, I don't know about you, but I always get this giddy, warm feeling in my heart when I hear, like, you know, our Latinx individuals' numbers slowly go higher and higher, as in pursuing education or pursuing um, master's degree, doctor's degree, all those things, because we, we as a Latino community have so much to offer into this world, so much to give in you know, the path of education is just all about getting there. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? Now, I don't know about all of you, but I remember right after I finished community college, I was applying to transfer to like mainly UCs, but also a couple of Cal States. And for these schools, I went to the campuses and attended the tours that was given by a tour guide. Now, a lot of the time, I noticed that all the tour guides that were showing me the campuses that I went to, because again, I went to like UCs and different Cal State's campuses. They all were tour guides that went to that university right after high school. I mean, I think that's great. I think that's awesome. I especially give those individuals so much props because I remember at the age of 18, after leaving high school, I did not know what I was even doing with my life. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing now as a 25-year-old. So for them to go right after high school to a big school like that and be able to find their way through the education system at an early age, I applaud them. However, as for me, again, I chose the community college route first. I felt like, because the tour guys that I did have and were all pretty much like incoming freshmen, not freshmen that year, but like they came in as freshmen, they kept mainly highlighting all the successes from high school students and what they did to get into the four years, or they kept highlighting all the things that gets done as like a freshman, uh, a freshman student coming into a four year. And they kept showing us dorms and whatnot, not really the university transfer apartments, because a lot of, it's very common for many campuses to have those types of living situations for transfer students. They have transfer apartments, most of them. And I remember when I went to one particular UC for a, a campus tour, um, I asked the tour guide, hey, if you don't mind me asking, what was the normal, not what was the average GPA for a transfer student to be admitted into this UC? And she looked at me and she, she looked a little like, oh, a little like shocked that I would ask a question like that because she was so used to receiving questions from the parents that came with their 
with their children that were coming straight from high school. You know what I'm saying? And she politely told me, I'm sorry, I really don't know the answer to that. However, you can go ahead and ask the transfer student center, which was fine, and that was an appropriate response. But it always left me wondering, when will our transfer students get as highlighted as our incoming freshman students. You know what I'm saying? And then it gets me to think sometimes. I'm like, maybe that's why there's so many stigmas that can sometimes fall back on community college students that, you know, transfer to big universities. Because if you're not going in as a freshman, the data doesn't seem to be as highlighted or highlighted, or at least during the time I went. Now, remember, this was back during the time of 2015, 2016, obviously like a couple years later. So I'm hoping that things have changed. And based on what I read from the Sacramento Bee, they specifically highlighted like, no, we have data for transfer students and we're going to let you know about it. And just seeing that growth and then remembering how it was for me as I was touring these campuses for the first time as a transfer student, it really does make me happy that improvements are being met, and I only hope we can continue to go from there. You know what I'm saying, mijante? Now, the next thing I definitely want to talk about is how to expect your first day as a college student in a community college and at a UC. Now, I'm not going to touch upon Cal States right now because due to the whole global pandemic, my personal first day experience as a Cal State student right now at a school that I've spent more time at, um, it's Cal State-wise, I spent my first day actually like virtually over the summer with all my classes being online due to, again, the social distancing regulations and whatnot, but I could for sure talk about the community college and in-person UC feeling as a first-time student. And I really hope that many of you, like, you know, find this information resourceful because trust me, like, as I was reflecting back and writing in my notes what I wanted to talk about for today's episode, I really took a second to think back, like, hmm, it would have been nice if I knew this, but, you know, eventually I found out just kind of how life works. Like, we learn as we go. It's not like there's always given a complete guide for us for everything. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? Now, let's go ahead and talk about what it's like to have your first day as a community college student. Now, when I attended my orientation for my community college, for me, I did it virtually online where I sat down. I think it was like for like two hours and I was just listening to a lot of slideshows, presentations and whatnot and they gave a lot of good information on like how to choose your classes, how to navigate the systems I had at the time which was Blackboard and what was the other one? Dang it. Oh, my site. There we go. Blackboard and my site. And I thought that was pretty resourceful and then as I've mentioned before in previous episodes, Um, It did feel a little different as soon as I walked into my first college courses and just seeing a class filled with like 50 students or more when I was used to, you know, back in high school, each of my periods being like 30 students, 35 max. It was definitely different. And just the layout and even the type of tables that we were given, like, I don't, 
I don't know how it was like for other community colleges, but I remember that for many of my classroom tables, they weren't the small, small little desks that I was used to in high school. No, the kinds of tables we had were like, I guess, like those lab type tables, like the super long rectangle gray ones. And then we had those little chairs that um, you switch back, not switch, swift. That's a word, right? Okay. We swift back and forth and we have little wheels. And yes, Irvine is in um, Orange County. So like, I don't know, like it was definitely different. So I would sit there. I'm like, hmm, this is something different. And I would reflect back. I'm like, hmm. Now, what people also don't tell you is that as soon as you start community college, like you think when you sign up for 8 a.m. courses that you'll be able to do it just like you did in high school. I mean, you were able to wake up, get ready, brush your hair at like 6 a.m., brush your teeth, all that stuff. However, for me, Oh my goodness, mi gente, like, I signed up for, I think it was only 1, 8 a.m. my first fall semester, and since then, I was like, 9 or 9.30, please and thank you after that, because just, I mean, obviously, if I had to, to get that course done, I would, but I don't know what it is, mi gente, I feel like maybe it's more of the fact of, like, building a routine, because think about it, when you're back in high school, you have that routine where Monday through Friday, you wake up at like 6 a.m., 6.30, whatever the time is for you, you get ready, you're given your breakfast at school and all that stuff, so you, you have your routine, you know what I'm saying? However, when you start your day at a community college and you sign up for your 8 a.m. classes, a lot of those times your 8 a.m. classes will only be two times a week, and with your classes being two times a week, you don't have to wake up at, you don't have to wake up at 8 a.m. every single day if, like, the rest of the week you start at 11 or you don't have classes in the morning, you have night courses. So that kind of throws you off. And I feel like us as people, we just, whether we want to admit it to ourselves or not, we kind of do like to have a routine because it's like, if anything gets, like, balanced off, it can set off, like, our morning. So like, for example, like I remember when I would wake up for my 8am and just like it being such a struggle to get out of bed, I would miss breakfast and then like eat later at like 10 in the morning or like right after class, just depending. When I remember when I had that routine in high school and, you know, school starting at eight, if I didn't have time to eat at home, for breakfast, when I go to school, a majority of the students in my high school, we were able to get free breakfast. So that's where I would get my breakfast. But it's just so different, you know? And then obviously, as I'm assuming many of you kind of caught on, you know, there's no free lunches when you go to community college or breakfast, just putting it out there. Because, I mean, I wasn't too surprised by it, but kind of was because it's just different. I don't know. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? Now, the last thing I do want to say, though, touching back on, like, routine and time and whatnot, I personally believe that if you want to make the best of your community college and even life experience enjoyable as a whole before even transferring to, like, a four-year university, I believe it's important for students to not only maintain their school schedule, whether you are part-time or full-time, I know that's more of a, like, personal choice in the sense of what's going on in your life, but I also believe it's important for students to maintain a part-time job 
and to also join an organization club at your campus. Now, why would I emphasize that? Well, here's the thing, my friends. My first semester at community college, it was straight commuter school status. Like, I go to school, do my classes, and like I told you, you're not at school for eight hours a day. A lot of the times, like, you could have two days out of the week where you're there for four hours, and then one day a week where you're only there for like two hours. You know what I'm saying? Not the full eight. So as soon as you're done, you go home, and if you don't have work or an organization to like look forward to or to put in more time to, you could start to feel like in a rut, like, oh, I'm only going to class. I come home and do my homework for it, but that's it. And it's like, your time is so precious. Your experiences are so precious because it's what builds you to be the strong person you are meant to be, which is why I believe that it's important for students, whether your part-time job funds help your family or not, or mainly just help you, it's important to like look for those kinds of opportunities to build you because then you'll start to feel more connected to your campus. And I can say that based on my experience because once spring semester hit after my first fall semester and I found my organization called Cybeta, which is an honor society um, directed for psychology students, but honestly, anyone who is interested in research can join. And then once I started getting my jobs at like Disneyland, the Discovery Cube, like all those different types of like, you know, flexible college jobs. Um, I felt like, you know, I was getting the swing of things and I was looking forward to wanting to learn more, to wanting to just find opportunities more because I felt like I was building on myself. I was building on myself by collecting the funds in order to pay for my gas, pay for my small bills at the time. And then I was also like building my social skills and experience skills with my organization by like being in a room filled with individuals that wanted the same and have similar goals as me. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? While also getting the experience I needed by working on research or doing community service with that organization and then taking my classes and doing my homework. And I just feel like that's not always emphasized enough that community college student should find a way to get involved on campus while maintaining their responsibilities because then it just, you feel more excited to do things, you feel more passionate, and you feel more like ready to take on the world. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? Now, before I continue on and dive a little deeper and talk about the UC perspective, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, but we'll be right back. All right, mi gente, now we're back. I don't know about you, but while that ad was playing, I took my little cafecito drink and water drink. By the way, I know I always emphasize this, but I'm just going to say it again. Please, mi gente, I know it's really like... You know, it's it's kind of a thing for people to be like, cafecito first, or I need my morning coffee before I function. And you know, it's something common that all of us are used to hearing. And trust me, I am a coffee addict, so... I know I need my cup of joe before I even continue on with my day. However, please, mi gente, be mindful and drink water before your cafecito. Or I've actually met some individuals that are that like this other method too, where they'll drink their coffee when they wake up. 
However, they'll also have their water next to them. So it's kind of like they're drinking it together. You know what I'm saying? But overall, as long as you're taking your water intake before or alongside your cafecito intake, please just make sure that HTO is getting into you because it is so important to replenish your body because you just feel, you feel more refreshed inside. Your neurons in your mind feel more more refreshed to like keep going and wanting to like just read and get ready for the day. You know what I'm saying? Because remember, our bodies were pretty much made of 90% of water. And it was so funny because the other day I posted on Instagram this little fortune cookie graphic and in the little paper, because you know, like when we open it, we get forward, we look forward to reading what fortune we have. And on my fortune, I literally put water before cafecito. And I hope those people that saw the post that day or sometimes they'll see it if they come across my platform, stop and think like, hmm, this is my fortune of the day because I just saw this. So let me go ahead and drink some water before cafecito. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) All right, mi gente. Now, let's get back into, you know, our university topics and what's it like and what to expect on your first day. How can you go about it type of thing? And we're now going to speak about the UC perspective. Now, once again, based on my personal experience, I'm going to speak about my first day at a UC as a transfer student. So it may not reminiscent completely to a first time first year UC student, like going right after high school. But I mean, it's okay, my friends. I just, I like to share my experiences in hopes that it will inspire you, motivate you to keep doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying, miente? Now, one thing I did not know about the UC system on my first day, what to expect, is that on in fall quarter and only fall quarter, you have a week zero. Now, let me backtrack a little bit. So the thing is, community colleges, Cal States, they're on semester system, which is, I believe, about 15, 16 weeks of one fall semester and then 15, 16 weeks of one spring semester. And then you have the option for summer classes. However, with UCs, it's a little different. So we have three quarters during the year. And in the quarter system, you get 10 weeks. So 10 weeks to get classes done in the fall, 10 weeks to get classes done in the winter, and 10 weeks to get classes done in the spring. And then, of course, your summer courses. Now, the thing is, it was so interesting when I found out about this week zero thing, because I experienced week zero two times in the sense that like for one academic year and then my last academic year at UCSB. And with week zero, like, if you if your class so week zero how it starts is a lot of the times it will fall on the first the not the first but like a Thursday of the week and then a Friday and if you don't have Thursday or Friday classes that week zero kind of doesn't exist for you if that makes sense and then you would go ahead and go to your classes that you do have on like let's say Mondays and Wednesdays only classes or Tuesdays then um, that's when your first week your first days of the week go for the quarter if that makes sense so if you have a Monday class on week zero you're not going to go because week zero starts off with a Thursday then a Friday however if your first day of class falls on a Monday or Tuesday then that week one will count as your first week and you would go to that Monday course if that makes sense now when I was a little thrown off by it like okay my first fall quarter 
And then once winter quarter came around, I remember asking my coworkers at my job because at UCSB, I worked in one of the school gyms that we have. Well, university gyms, I guess. And I was asking my coworkers like, hey, are we going to have a week zero for winter? And that's when they confirmed to me, oh, no, we just have it for fall. And I just found it as the most interesting thing in the world. But I'm sure maybe the UCs just had it that week zero just for fall in order to like, you know, like figure, like put the academic year together as a whole. I don't know. Now, I also attended a orientation at UCSP. I probably should have first started with the orientation, but I just wanted to share the week zero content with you, with you, you guys, because I remember like, I was just so mind blown when I found out like, oh, week zero is only for one quarter. That's crazy. Like every year, you know, kind of made me think of like a leap year, but not a leap year because leap year happens every four years. But, like, week zero only happens every two quarters. I don't know. I probably sound crazy, but you know what I'm saying. Now, um, going back into my orientation. So, oh, my gosh, you guys. It wasn't the first day that I moved into my university transfer apartment housing that I felt like, oh, shoot, I'm doing this. I am had a huge university. no. It was actually my orientation. Now, let me tell you this. So the way it happened was I remember my mom and my older sister, they they came to drop me off at UCSB. Now, I had told them I was just going to drive myself because, I don't know, it just it made sense to me. Why was I going to drive them? Because the thing is, when I went to my orientation, I actually sat through all of it myself. I didn't have my mom and older sister come with me. Now, the reason why I didn't is because I don't know if it's like this for all the UCs and all the Cal States. However, for mine in particular, I had to pay a $75 fee for my for me to be present in the orientation. And then um, if I wanted like my parents to come or my siblings and whatnot to come, I had to pay an extra 75 per person. And we weren't going to do that, even though like I'm sure they would have loved to sit through it just to hear all the information that I was going to hear and interpret it themselves too. So we didn't do that. But what they did do, they came with me to Santa Barbara. It was a two-hour drive and they dropped me off. Now I've always grown up in a collectivistic household where that means that we are a family that pretty much always do everything together. We're kind of always around each other, specifically when it comes to me and my sisters, because there's four of us, me and three other ones. And the moment they drop me off, I don't know, I just, and that's that I, I have had things by myself, but... It may have been just because being able to be on a UC campus for the first time like felt so real to me at a campus that I got into. Oh my goodness. Um, as soon as they dropped me off and I looked back and they were smiling and wavy because they were going to go off to the mall and just hang out while I sat through the orientation, I felt my heart drop and I was like, oh, wow, I am doing this. I'm here by myself. My mom and older sister aren't going to get out of the car and come with me. And that's that I was, I believe I was 21, 22 at the time. And I was even feeling that. But I think it's just because, again, school has been so important to me. 
And again, being the first to do anything in your family is just so nerve wracking, you know? And it's so crazy because fun fact, my older sister, she actually went to a UC right after high school. However, just because she didn't find the major she wanted on those campuses and she didn't feel as fulfilled, she actually finished off all her GEs at a community college and then proceeded with her four year. So yeah, but I don't know, like, I guess for me being, because me and my sisters, we've all fall into the first generation category because none of our parents got university degrees. And even though my older sister was able to find out things on her path, I had to find out even more new things too to help me succeed in my education path because again like it's not like I had parent mentors that went to college that were able to train me from the moment I left the womb till now you know what I'm saying so that heart dropping moment and it was so crazy I know I shared it with them but I also feel like you could see it in my face like oh shoot I'm gonna ask my sister if she still has the picture of me turning around and looking back at them as they drop me off. And if she does, I'm going to go ahead and post it. So then, and if you heard this episode and you see that picture, go ahead and comment like a brown heart or something, because then I'll also know that you heard the episode. Now, that was, mm, so there's some little orientation trees, but you actually have to pay to hear how you're going to succeed at a four-year university, such as that particular UC. Now, The next thing I want to tell you guys, I was also a little dumbfounded when I found out about this, but so there is this platform called Gouchospace, just like how every university has their thing, like Blackboard, Canvas, um, MySite, all those things. For me, it was Gouchospace. I think we had another one, but that's the one I, I remember right off the top of my head. And I did not know it existed. I remember... I sat through my entire orientation as a transfer student because I remember that orientation was supposed to be strictly directed to transfer students. And there were there was a lot of information said and pamphlets given. But I remember I did not learn about Gaucho Space, the online platform to do our homework and whatnot, until I sat in my first day of classes for my Spanish class. And my professor just made a, a comment saying, oh, make sure that when you go on Gaucho Space online, you get this homework done. And then at that point, I had already sat through two other courses because I was taking psych courses too at the time. But it's so funny because my psych courses didn't really let me know about Gaucho Space, but it was probably also because, again, my the psych courses were just you know, it's an impacted major. So there were more students. Probably the professor was just thinking, I need to get this other class information out. They should probably know about Goucher Space right now. But it wasn't until I sat in my Spanish conversation class that was literally just supposed to be an elective, which it was, that I didn't learn like, oh, there's a thing that I have to do my homework on that I, I see the PowerPoints on. And I promise you, mi gente, I did not see that in my orientation. I didn't hear about it in any previous classes I had before that Spanish one. So it was very interesting. And I am very thankful to my Spanish professor for that. I'm actually still in contact with her till this day because whether she knew it or not, oh gosh, that's how I was able to get homework done that was needed to get done. Now, 
the next thing I'm going to say is that UC campuses, they're really big. Like, they are ginormous. And I'm sure other campuses are too. So it's very important. And I advise students that before your first day of any class of any quarter or semester, please just, even if it's a day in advance or even just a couple hours in advance before that specific class time, go ahead and go on campus and find those classes. Because let's say your class is at 730 and, okay, that's really early, but bear with me. Let's say your class is at 7.30 in the morning, and then you leave your home at 7 and then get to campus around 7.15. Campus is so big that I don't even know if you're going to have time to fully find it in those 15 minutes. And trust me, I learned the hard way. Now, the other thing most people don't tell you about is that on a university campus, specifically like a UC I advise you, if you could get either a skateboard, penny board, scooter, bicycle, go ahead and do that for yourself. Because, I mean, you could walk, and I did, but, like, for example, UCSB, and I also know UC Davis, they have pathways all over the campus that is made for, like, one's for the bike path, one's for the skateboard, penny board path, and the other one is for students to walk back and forth. And honestly, mi gente, just being able to have a little form of transportation like that makes it getting to your classes so much easier, especially when you have a sociology class all the way across campus that ends at 1230, but then at like 1245, you have to be present for your political science class that's all the way across campus, and it takes you 15 minutes to get there. Because here's the thing. I remember at community college, I could literally get to and from classes really fast. And if I was running late, again, I would I would just always make it to my classes on time because everything was just so close together. Like if I had a writing class across campus, it would only take me seven minutes to walk to get to the other side of campus. Not even seven, probably less. Now, when I was at my UC to get from one side of campus to the other, it would take about 15 minutes, no matter how fast you walked. And I mean, I know some people aren't a fan of using things like that, but I promise you, like things like that, such as bikes, scooters, all that stuff, but I promise you, like, there are bike racks all over campus. Professors don't mind when you bring your scooter and skateboards in campus in the classroom as long as you like put it off to the side where no one will trip and fall and you will just get to your classes so much faster and with more efficient time and you even get some exercise so believe me when i say that mi gente my first year at UCSB i used a bike to get everywhere a beach cruiser but then like my wheel ended up popping and i really didn't have money to go buy a new bike so i spent the rest of that year just walking However, um, then for my actual senior year, I went ahead and invested in a scooter on Amazon. It was like a Razor scooter, but it wasn't the little childhood scooters. Like it was a more adult scooter, if you know what I'm saying. And best investment I ever made for myself to be able to like get to places back and forth. And I was like, whoa, you know what I'm saying, Mijente? So I definitely recommend that. Oh, and by the way, don't get a beach cruiser. <laughs> just don't do it. It's 
just just don't. They are slow when you go uphill. It's just a hot mess. Just stick to like bikes that aren't beach cruisers. I can't give you the exact names because I am not an expert. I'm just sharing based on my experience. You have no idea how many times I would have to go up the hill with my beach cruiser and then my wheel just pop. And oh my gosh, it was it was a hot mess, mi gente. Now, the next thing I want to bring up is, oh, this one is very interesting. And I don't know if it has to, if it's, it should be specifically geared towards a Latinx household. Because in reality, I think any household can be loud. Now, bear with me. So, once again, I spent my entire life living in a collectivistic household. And my house, oh my goodness, even as a high school student, community college student, it was always loud. Like there was always something going on. There was always somebody home, all that stuff. And like, I mean, I I had no problem with it. And well, obviously if there were bad moments, I did have a problem with it. But in the sense where like, let's say my sisters were watching TV in my room because my room had the AC unit in it, because theirs was broken and I was doing homework. Like, we would just make it work, you know what I'm saying? However, it was definitely different. Not bad at all. It was just, it was different. And it was different to get accustomed to. But I remember, like, even at a UC, like, I would go to my classes and then I'd come home. Now, I had really great roommates when I tra- when I first transferred. Like, we all got along really well. And a couple of us still talk to this day. Obviously, some of us don't, but not for bad reasons. It's just, you know, like, things happen so much in the world that we get busy. You know what I'm saying? Now, I remember, like, I would go to my classes and then I'd come home. And for a majority of the time, people were home. They weren't home. But it was just different, like... Coming home and not smelling a bowl of frijoles cooking, not a bowl, a pot of frijoles steaming on the stove, or not walking in and hearing to like my sisters screeching and just being loud with each other. And it was just different, not like, I don't know, seeing things thrown around the house. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it was definitely a different feeling and it wasn't bad, like new things are good things like new experiences can be good because it's like it's not it's not always the best for us as people to stay in our comfort zone for the rest of our life like in order to grow and feel the most fulfilled with ourselves it's important that we get out there experience new things the best we can as positively as we can however it was just so different like not walking into a house that smelled like fabuloso like a majority of the time, if you know what I'm saying. Well, my mom is not a fan of Fabuloso. She actually gets a headache from it. But that was just an example. We tend to use like Clorox and all those things. Anyways, but it was just different. I'm not saying that like my college apartment was a pigsty because it wasn't. It was actually pretty picked up for a house filled with six girls. <laughs> However, it was just different to accustomed to. And I found myself, even though I was at a bigger, more known university, a top three university actually in California, UC system wise. Um, I don't know, like even, even then it was, it was kind of hard to be like, oh, I need to find a new routine again. Because for the first week, it was just me going to class, 
and then only being on campus for a little bit and then coming back to the apartment. And I would just kind of be there. And even though I had my roommates and we would chit chat, it wasn't for the entire day because obviously our schedules were different, but it was very interesting. So again, I had to go ahead and just like find my way. I don't know. It was very, it was very, very different, you know? But then once I started to find my way, it was like, wow, you know? And I don't want to say like, obviously I was homesick. I'm not going to lie, but it wasn't to the extent where like, I didn't want to be at my campus because I loved UCSB so much, but you know, it was just definitely interesting. And I just wanted to give many of you like a heads up and just just as I emphasize, find that routine for you with getting a job while taking your classes and finding ways to join an organization. Now, I will tell you this though, but again, this is just based on my experience. I'm not an expert, but the organizations that I joined at my community college, because I even participated in some where I wasn't an active member all the time, but I would always show up for like the services we would do for other people. However, um, I remember those orgs at my community college, they always felt more welcoming, like the, the individuals on my campus, because they, you know, community colleges, they're kind of known to be a commuter school. So whenever these organizations, like I remember I was part of the Hispanic Latino Club, Student Government, Psi Beta, I, I took a role in those orgs, but obviously I paid the more active, played the more active one in Cybeta because uh, we time management is a thing, mi gente, as we all know. But um, I remember when I went to UCSB, I actually I tried, mi gente. I, I really tried to like just find orgs, put myself in there. I even tried multicultural organizations, and it's just like it just felt very. Well, not necessarily the multicultural orgs. It's just I personally didn't have the finances needed to, like, continue on with them and other, like, emotional barriers. However, like, with any other orgs that, like, I had on campus, such as community service ones or, like, any other Latin Latinx ones that were available, a lot of them I would try and just, like, oh, let me, let me put myself out there, even, like, at my jobs on campuses. And it's, like, even though I would come off and present myself as the nice person because I normally am. I mean, I am actually, but it's like, it would just be hard because I felt like people weren't as welcoming to the new student. And it would sometimes get frustrating because I would see when I would try and participate in these orgs, it was specifically more in my first quarter, try to participate in these orgs or participate more like to get to know my work companions. It's like, I felt kind of excluded because even other transfer students that were there, they were getting accepted a little quicker than I was by the people who were in charge or played an active role in the in these work environments, organizations since their freshman year, you know? And it would get really frustrating because I genuinely care for people. I genuinely like to get to know people and just, I love to talk, you know? And it's just like, I felt like even if I was trying, it's just people weren't wanting to like fully let me in, which I mean, I get it. I understand in the sense that when you start a university like UCSB right after high school, 
and you're a freshman, obviously you gravitate more with your with your freshman group, and you guys stick it on through. So of course, why would you want to fully open the door to a new transfer person that just doesn't get the same struggles as they did? They had because I came in like after the first two, three years of a UC. You know what I'm saying? And it it was a little frustrating. I'm not gonna lie and. That's what made me thankful that I got the most experiences like organization, community service-wise at my community college. I'm so glad I hounded it down there where it just felt more open for me and people just seemed more accepting. Like with Cybeta, I had no problem just fitting in in the sense that we all wanted to talk to each other we all just wanted to help ourselves grow and in Cybeta like it was actually very diverse like there were a couple Latinas there were a couple African-American women there were Asians there were a couple Caucasian individuals like we were just like a group we even had a few a few Indians and Arabics yeah like we had a group And I'm so glad for those career and personal experiences I gained at my CC because no matter how hard I tried at UCSB, I just wasn't getting them. And when I was finally starting to make more friends, it was like once, like, you know, I established more time there and obviously I stuck with my transfer student friends, but, and we had a great time, but it would just sometimes hurt because it's like, I want to be included too, you know, and I know for me it's very important to include as include people as best I can, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm a podcast host for crying out loud. <laughs> now, um, I would say that was, that was that, and however, because as you all know, Estrellita likes to find the most positive outcomes she can for herself, I, I, like I said, during my undergrad experience, I got the most community service, social, and overall, like, professional experiences at my community college. And while I wasn't really getting it at UCSB, I don't know if it had to do with my specific personality itself. Maybe I was just loca, you know what I'm saying? Or, again, with the fact that, like, there's just, you know, people like to cling on to, like, their groups they've had since the beginning, and I was just the transfer student. But what I did to still keep myself motivated to still have that routine where I had my classes work I actually picked up a senior thesis and I was also a research assistant and that is what kept me grounded that is what continued my my relationships professional wise with my professors in order to have access to letter of recommendations from them for my grad programs that I'm in now and hopefully continue and hopefully wish to continue to take And, you know, you just, there's always going to be opportunities. It's just we have to find them. We have to look for them. And sometimes it can feel exhausting, especially when you're really trying to make the most of it. You can. But don't worry, mi gente. Like, you'll find what you need to find for you. And I can say that because I know I did for me, and I know you will too. Now, before we officially end this episode of Cafecito con Estrellita, you know we can't do it without saying the quote of the day. Dear Mujeres, you are not intimidating. They are intimidated. There is a difference. Bold Latina. 
and I got this off Instagram, and well, I hope you take that quote near and dear to your heart. Have a great week, everyone, and I'm excited to talk to you again soon on the first interview that will be uploaded for Cafecito con Estrellita this upcoming week. Because remember, we're uploading two times a week now during this time of COVID we're in. Now, mi gente, please go ahead and subscribe, like, rate this podcast. Follow me on Instagram, Cafecito con Estrellita. Follow my website, cafecitoconestrellita.com. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Okay, cuídase. Te quiero mucho.